We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Well, for those of you who weren't here this morning, my name's Mark, and I'm part of the team at Equipus Church in London. And uh, so greetings from the guys down there. I just want to say next week, you have got some great friends of mine ministering and uh, friends of yours too, I'm sure. But Pastor Jürgen are uh, doing a great job in Equipus Berlin. Uh, you want to be there for that. And, and uh, next Sunday night, my senior pastor, Pastor Peter Prothero, who is uh, just a phenomenal communicator. So come along and bring a friend with you. Uh, but let me just read you a couple of verses tonight. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, are you ready? A couple of people ready. Are you ready tonight? You're going to have to help me preach because I'm a little bit jet lagged. And if you go too quiet, I, I may fall asleep. Proverbs 3 verse 13 says this, joyful. Everyone say joyful. Is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. And so tonight, uh, as you get glean wisdom from the Word of God, uh, it's going to be joyful. Amen. Anytime we come to the Word of God, it's joyful because we, we receive something from Him. Amen. That's why when we get up in the morning and we devote the first part of our day to Him, it releases joy because we tap into God's wisdom. And uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. Let me read to you another verse. Psalms 118 verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, say that with me, would you? Say, we will rejoice and be glad in it. So today God made it and it's full of joy. Are you glad about that? God made this day and He said, when I make it, I'm going to make it with an, an abundance of joy. Amen. Uh, there's going to be joy today because God made it. God never makes a day that does not have joy in it. Never creates a day that doesn't have joy in it. There's always joy in it somewhere. It's just we've got to go looking for it. And sometimes we may face a difficult circumstance, but God's joy, we discovered this morning, is not found in our circumstances. God's joy originates in the person of the Holy Spirit, and we just got to open our eyes to see where Jesus is, and when we discover where Jesus is, we'll discover there's joy. Can I get an amen? So I want to talk to you tonight about joy, and here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that in life, uh, we have an enemy, I don't know if you know that or not, but we have an enemy. We, we, we actually have someone who fights against us. Now, I understand in the 21st century world, we're all very smart and we're all very intelligent. And we like to kind of, uh, you know, intellectualize away some of the things that we once knew perhaps as children. And sometimes we think, well, maybe there isn't a heaven and maybe there isn't a hell. And who knows what's going to happen when we die. And, you know, there is a Jesus, but maybe there's not a devil. But I want to tell you tonight that there is a heaven and there is a hell. That there is a Jesus, amen. And there is an adversary, the Bible says. His name is Satan. And his whole function in life, his whole, well, what brings him joy is when he steals the things that God has given us. If he can steal from you what God has given you, it brings him great joy. And so tonight, one of the things I want to talk to you about is, is how can we stop the enemy stealing from us what God has given us? The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so if we are to do what we have been called to do, we need the strength of God to enable us to do it. 
But if he can take our joy, then we will not have strength to stand against what's coming against us, amen? And so tonight, I wanna give you 10 things in the uh, amount of time that I've got, and I'm gonna move quickly. I wanna give you 10 joy thieves. The title of my message tonight is Joy Thieves. Joy Thieves. If you enjoyed this morning and if you enjoyed tonight, uh, there is a third part to this message. Uh, you can go on uh, the Equippers London website and uh, you can watch it there. But tonight, I wanna give you 10 things that will steal your joy. Because if you know what they are, you can be aware of them and therefore not fall into the trap. Does that sound okay? All right, here we go. Number one, the first joy thief is simply this. Comparing your life to others will rob you of joy. How many of you discovered that already? Comparison is no fun, is it? It's just no fun. When you spend your whole life comparing what you have or comparing what another has, or comparing the way you look, or whatever it might be, man, after a while, that is just not fun. It might be fun for a brief moment, but before long, you spend your life comparing how you're doing to how somebody else is doing. How many of you know when you're at school and you get your test marks back, everyone wants to know what their neighbor got? <laughs> Are you with me? Well, look at what our neighbor got, why? Because we wanna compare, did we do better or did we do worse? And while we're doing better, we'll feel good about it. But the minute that we're doing worse, the joy goes. And so comparison is just really not a good thing to get into. Uh, one person put it like this. They said, the quicker we learn to celebrate who we are, the happier we will be. The quicker we learn to celebrate who we are, the happier we will be. So I've got a little bit of wisdom for you tonight. You need to learn how to celebrate yourself. Anyone good at celebrating themselves? I know some people, you know, they have a, they have a we all have a birthday, but there's some people in life that they have a birthday week. Come on, wave at me if you're a birthday week type of a person. I, I used to think, how ridiculous. How ridiculous to have a whole week to celebrate your birthday. Like, you know, come on, get on with it. It's just one day. And then, and then I realized, and I started to think to myself, maybe they've got it right and I've got it wrong. Maybe they're just really good at celebrating themselves and so they're gonna take a whole week to do it. Probably my second favorite day in the year is Father's Day. Christmas Day is like my number one favorite day. But Father's Day is like my, my second favorite day. And, and I'm even wondering whether Father's Day should be number one because the problem with Christmas Day is you gotta, set, you gotta share it with everybody else. But Father's Day, normally you're the only dad in the house and so everyone gets to celebrate you, amen? Come on, when we celebrate who God has made us, we will actually be full of joy. Here's what Galatians 6 says. It says, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves, but each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anyone else. Come on, quit comparing. Quit comparing yourself to someone else. You know, sometimes when we compare, we compare on a positive note, but sometimes when we compare, we're incredibly critical. I like what Dr. Michael Maiden says. He says, criticism is the fruit of a joyless soul. <laughs> Criticism is the fruit of a joyless soul. Listen, if your whole meaning in life is to be critical towards other people, do you know that is just the overflow of a joyless life that you live? 
I don't want to be a critical person. I, I want to be a joyful person who celebrates who God has made me and celebrate who God has made you. We're not the same, amen? Come on, we're different. And uh, I, I believe we've got to celebrate it. So here's the second thing. Number two, joy thieves is living in the past. Living in the past. Anybody ever live in the past? Come on, I know we all do from time to time. I want to tell you, living in the past will rob you of joy. Sometimes when we live in the past, we dwell on past conversations, or we, we dwell on past encounters, or past failures, or things that happened that didn't work out well, and we spend all our time thinking about it, and we meditate on it, and we, we go over it again, and we, come on, who's ever done this? We think about how we would respond differently if we were in the situation again. How many of you know there's no joy in living in the past? It is a fruitless experience. To live in the past is just not worth your time. You know, just recently I was talking to a family member back home, and they were talking about something that happened like 15 years ago. And they were talking about this situation and they said, well, you know, if this person had done this, then that would have led to that. And if that had led to that, then this would have led to that and life would have been different. And I've heard this conversation, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 times or more. And, uh, you know, every now and again, uh, I lose my patience a little bit. And uh, I was so fed up of hearing this conversation again. I, I just said to this family member who I love, I just said, Quit living in the past. I am, I didn't say this, but I thought it. I'm so bored of hearing this conversation. Come on, it's over. It's time to move on. If you keep on living there, it's robbing today of today's joy. What does the Bible say? Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know there's no joy in living in yesterday? Come on, there's no joy in yesterday. There's only joy in today. Said it this morning in 1966, England won the World Cup. Woohoo! Come on, as an English person, you gotta know there's no joy in that anymore. Man, there might have been joy in the four years that ran after it until the 1970 World Cup in which we lost, but there's no joy in it. Now, if England win the World Cup next Sunday, I'll be happy. Don't get me wrong. But the joy is in today, it's not in yesterday. Here's what the Bible says, Revelation 21 says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death and no more sorrow and no more crying and there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. God says there's a season for everything, there's a time for everything, but come on, stop living in the past, it's a new day. If you want to be a person that's filled with joy, you got to get over your past. Now let me just say this for a moment. If you're here today and your past has been hurtful and your past has been painful, I want to say to you that sometimes it's not that easy just to step away from your past. And as a church, we are committed to helping you move forward. How many of you know when you become a new believer, we get born again and Jesus, excuse me, turns our life around, but sometimes we bring into the kingdom of God with us some baggage. And I just wanna say, we're here to help you. And this church wants to help you deal with whatever has gone on in your past because we want you to live in freedom today. And so if you're here today, I'm not here to knock you over the head, but I'm saying if there's a problem, come and speak to someone. 
Come and say, hey, could you help me get free from my past because I want to experience the joy of today. Amen. Here's the third thing, a joy thief. Third joy thief is this, needing the approval of others. Needing the approval of others. Come on, if we're honest, how many of us are looking for approval from other people? Looking for approval from other people. Really, you know, we do something and we want to see how other people respond. Anyone ever do that? When I first started preaching, and I've been preaching a little while now, but when I first started preaching, I would often be looking for the approval of other people. Hey, what did you think? I might not ask them, but I'm hoping for a response. <laughs> Needing the approval. And, uh, you know, the approval of people, the approval of my wife, uh, the approval of family. But you really, when you need approval from other people all the time, that is a sign of insecurity. And, and insecurity is a joyless experience. And what God wants us to do is He wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature to the point where we no longer need the approval from everyone around us, but we need the approval that comes from God. I'm a preacher. I love preaching. And, you know, at the end of a service, sometimes people will say, that was great. And if they, if they do, I, I like that. It's always nice to be told you did well. Uh, if my wife tells me I did well, I'm particularly happy because she knows me and she knows my life. And so her, her opinion is higher than everyone else's. But, but truthfully, at the end of the day, if nobody says anything at all, I'm happy that my approval does not come from you. It does not come from my wife, truly my approval comes from God. In fact, sometimes I'll be driving home from church and, uh, you know, when you preach or when you do anything for God, you do it in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. Today, I'm doing what I'm doing. I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes I'll drive home and I'll have this conversation with the Holy Spirit and I'll say, Holy Spirit, you and I did a good job this morning. You and I did a good job, and I believe it. I believe it. I, I, I think, wow, you and I worked well together, Holy Spirit. You know, it's more you than me, but I was in there somewhere. And, uh, and I, can, I can be joyful without the response of anybody else, knowing that me and the Holy Spirit did a good job. Come on, I don't know what you're called to do, or what God's asking you to do this week, but just trust that the Holy Spirit is with you and when you minister together, there's joy, amen? Galatians 6 verse four, I got a scripture for all of these. I might not share them all for time, but it just says this, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Listen, you don't need the approval of anyone else, you need the approval of God, amen? Come on, there's gonna be times in life when you're gonna look for approval from other people and you're not gonna find it. You're gonna look for approval from a mom or a dad, it's not gonna be there. You're gonna look for approval from a friend, it's not gonna be there. Why? Because God will take you through seasons of life where no one will approve you just to teach you that the approval you need is from God alone, amen? You're like, why, why is no one encouraging me? Well, it's because God's teaching you. The end of the day, His approval is what counts above everything else. Can I get an amen? Here's my fourth thing. Everyone say number four. Are you with me? Like half the room said it. Everyone say number four. Here we go. These are joy thieves. Number four, being uncomfortable with who you are. Being uncomfortable 
with who you are will steal your joy. What, what do I mean by that? I, I mean, when you wish you were someone else other than who God has made you to be. When you wish you had someone else's life. When you wish you looked like someone else. When you wish you had somebody else's gift. When you wish you had someone else's home. When you wish that you were something different than God has made you to be, that will rob you of joy, amen? I, I've come to the point in, in, in my life, and, and, and it, you know, we've got a journey to get there where, where, you know, the truth is I'm not perfect. You're not surprised to hear. <laughs> I, I'm not perfect. I've not got it all together. I've got blemishes. I've got flaws. I've got things in my life I'd rather not share from the platform about. But the truth is, I've, despite all of that, I'm happy with who God has made me. I'm happy with who God has made me. I'm happy. I can look in the mirror and say, I'm happy. I remember Pastor Bruce Munt talking one day, and I remember him saying, you know, sometimes he looks in the mirror and he uh, checks himself out for a moment, not, not with a vainful attitude, but with a spirit of appreciation. Looks at himself in the mirror and he just says these words. He says, God, not bad. Not bad, God. Come on, some of you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, God, you did a pretty good job. You made me pretty good. Now, I'm not talking about vanity. I'm talking about appreciating who God has made you. Listen, if you are a younger person here today, man, I want you to know that we, I feel for you because the pressure upon your life through social media and the internet is just unbelievable. The pressure to, to look a certain way, the pressure to act a certain way. I don't know whether you have it here in New Zealand, but in the UK, we have a program called Love Island. Do you have that here? If it's not here, it's coming. And, and, and really, all it is is a bunch of very good-looking guys and a bunch of very good-looking women, and they put them in a house, and they just hope that they're going to get it on for entertainment. And our young people are brought up watching it, and everyone's watching it, everyone's messaging it, everyone's talking about it. And the truth is, not everyone looks like those women and not everyone looks like those men. But yet young people are bombarded with that's what it's gonna be like. If you wanna have sex one day, that's what you gotta do. And I wanna say to you, come on, be comfortable with who God has made you. You are perfect. Come on, can I get an amen? You are made exactly the way that God wanted you to be made. And you're made in His image. And if you're made in His image, then that is holy. And if you want to live with joyfulness, quit comparing yourself to others and, and being uncomfortable with who God has made you to be. Is that okay? Here's number five. And by the way, you know, I'm a dad of four. I'm a dad of two daughters. And man, I'm all over this because I think, wow, this is what my kids are growing up in. And I don't want them to grow up being uncomfortable with who they've been made. I want them to know God made them perfect. God made them perfect. And can I just give you a little word of wisdom? If you really want to live with joy, there's just some stuff on TV that you've got to quit watching. And there's some stuff on the internet and there's some, there's some apps out there and there's some stuff that is just, listen, I've got no problem with Instagram. I use Instagram, but if Instagram is a problem for you, delete it off your phone. If Instagram just makes you miserable, if Instagram just makes you feel like you wish you had someone else's life, delete it off your phone. The world survived before Instagram, amen? 
and the world will live long after Instagram is gone. Instagram, RIP, amen. I think that wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Come on, we, we, gotta, we gotta help our young people by telling them what's real and what's not real. Instagram is not real most of the time. It's called a filter for a reason. <laughs> it changes the reality. If you ever see a selfie of me on Instagram, I just want you to know it's the real deal. <laughs> I haven't got time to be putting filters on and, and, and airbrushing photos. It may not look great, but it is what it is. Amen. Number five, talking about joy thieves, things that will rob your joy. Number five, not being grateful for your situation and God's blessing will rob you of joy. Not being grateful for God's blessing and, and, and will rob you of joy. Um, how many of you have ever seen one of those old-fashioned pumps? Uh, kind of comes out of the ground, has got a handle. <laughs> Talking about Instagram, now I'm going to old-fashioned pumps. And, and you know, one of those pumps, you, you pump it with a handle. You know, back in the day, none of us probably ever lived like this, I hope. And, uh, but, but the deal is, underground, there is a well of water. And as you pump it, it brings the water up to the surface. Do you know that available to you tonight is a well of joy? Available right now is a well of joy. And the way that you get joy flowing in your life is to pump the handle of thankfulness for what you have and for what God is doing in your life. And if you'll pump it with thankfulness, you watch, there'll become a flow of joy in your life. When we become ungrateful for the things that God has given us, you watch, joy will go. But when we maintain our thankfulness for what God has given us, there'll be joy. So right now I, I, I serve as the executive pastor of Equippers London. We have an unbelievable team. We have three campuses. Uh, we are just growing all the time and just super exciting what God is doing. And on a Tuesday morning, we come in and from 8 a.m. to about 5 or 6 p.m., sometimes a little earlier, my day is just meetings nonstop. I could tell you what I'm doing, five minutes of the entire day, the whole day through. And sometimes after a busy weekend, I'll come in and uh, I do Mondays as well. And I, I, it's like, oh my gosh, I look at that day and think, oh, <laughs> anyone know what I'm feeling? It's like, oh my goodness, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of detail. I don't want to know this level of detail. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, 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 and sometimes I can become ungrateful. I can be ungrateful. But you know, three years ago, I was leading a church in central London, probably a church of less than 100 people. And, and to sit in a room with the team of leaders and pastors that I work with every week would have been a dream three years ago. A dream three years ago. And, and, so, and so what once I was thankful for, if I'm not careful, can become ordinary and every day, and I'm no longer thankful and I lose my joy. Come on, right now, there are things in your life that at one point you were like, yeah, this is the best. Once you walked into this church and you thought, this is the greatest church on the face of the planet. But then you got used to it and you stopped being thankful for it. And the joyfulness that you once experienced, you don't experience in the same way simply because you've stopped being thankful for what God has given you today. Some of you are driving a car today and you're like, man, I hate this car. But five years ago when you got that car, it was the greatest set of wheels on the planet. 
It's like, God, I'm so grateful for this car. And we've got used to the blessings of God in our life. Come on, when you get used to the blessings of God in your life, don't expect to live a life of joy. Joyfulness flows when we learn every day to say, thank you, God. I tell you, I thank God every day for my wife. I thank God every day for my kids, every day for the house I get to live in. Tuesday mornings, I position myself before I even go into the first meeting by saying, God, I'm so thankful for the group of people that I get to work with and lead today. (laughs) And I find when I do that, there's joy in it. But the minute I forget to thank God for what He's done, the joy floats away, amen? Amen. Here's the sixth thing. I'm I'm moving fast. Number six, things that steal our joy. Oh, this is a good one. Number six, not trusting God with your future will rob you of today's joy. Any control freaks in the house tonight? I normally find when I ask that question, people get really excited. They love to wave and let me know they're a control freak. They're like, me, me, I'm a control freak. (laughs) Often when our future, we're trying to control God. We're trying to work it all out. We, we're trying to manipulate our future. We're, we're trying to stay in control of what's about to happen. And I've just discovered when you try to manipulate your future, you try to control what God is gonna do for you, it's a joyless experience. But when you come to the place and you say, God, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm confident that whatever it is, you've designed it and it's gonna be great, joy comes. It's like, wow, I don't know what the future's gonna look like, but man, I've got joy in it. Oftentimes we're trying to control our future. In fact, we try to manipulate God. Through our prayers, we try to manipulate God into doing what we want Him to do rather than coming to God with an open heart and discerning what He wants to do. You know, many people, they've got to have it all figured out. They've got to have their future figured out. They've got to have their career all mapped out. Got to have their retirement all mapped out. Got to know exactly when I'm going to retire. Got to know exactly how much money I'm going to live on. Got to know where I'm going to live. Got to know where my kids are going to live. Got to have everything figured out. And you know what? There's no joy in it because there's no room for the adventure of God. But when we, when we hand our future over to God and say, God, you take it and you do what you want to do, I tell you, there's joy in that. People say to me all the time, where, where are you going to be one day? And I'm like, I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't have a clue. I am where I am today. And I'll probably be where I am this time next year. But man, three years time, five years time, wouldn't have a clue. And because of that, there's an adventure that brings joy. Come on, if you're young here today, quit planning your future to the nth degree and and hand it over to God and say, God, I'm I'm giving you my future. Because here's what I've discovered. Uh, One day, if we hand our future over to God, we're never gonna get there, look at it and say, oh, is this all it is? Oh God, I could have done a much better job planning it than you. Come on, how many of you know that's never gonna happen? We will never outplan God. Come on, I I don't know what God has for me, but here's what I know. It's better than anything I can come up with. It's better than anything you can come up with. We just gotta hand it over to Him. And you watch, there'll be joy. 
there'll be joy. Psalms 5.11 says, let all who take refuge in you, in other words, those who put their hope in you and their trust in you will rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them that all who love your name may be filled with joy. May be filled with joy. Here's the seventh thing, joy thieves. Number seven, worry. Worry. Really, these are all messages in their own right. And I don't have time to go into worry today, but I, I wanna let you know that I, I, I was a worrier. If you're a worrier here today, I, you're, you know, you're probably in good company. <laughs> worry is something every human being on the planet has to deal with. And, and for many years, I've, I've lived with worry and worry has been something that I've had to grapple with in my life. Worry is a joyless experience. When you wake up in the night, it's joyless. And here's what I've discovered about worry. Worry, the things you worry about when they actually happen are never nearly as bad as, as what you thought they were gonna be. Can I get an amen? Come on in the night, you think, oh, that meeting's gonna go like this or oh, what's gonna happen with this? And then you get there and it's never nearly as bad as you thought. Worry is such a waste of time and it will rob you of joy. Come on, if you're a worrier here today, let me give you the answer to your problem. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, listen to this, and thank Him for all He's done. So if you're a worrier here today, here's what you gotta do. You gotta pray, you gotta thank Him, and then you gotta look to the future. See, when we forget to look back at what God has already done, we will fail to live our lives without worry. Here's my testimony, God's never let me down. God's never let me down. If I remind myself of that, God, you've never let me down, I don't need to worry. And so if worry is an issue, man, we gotta deal with that because it will rob your today of all joy, amen? Here's the eighth thing, uh, number eight, uh, things that will rob you of joy. Number eight, being a perfectionist. Are there any perfectionists in the house today? One or two. Uh, I t tend to find that the, you know, perfectionists, are, are, they're not quite as bold as the control freaks. The control freaks are like, yes, I'm a controller. Uh, perfectionists like to keep a little quiet. Listen, if you are never happy with what you've done, there will be no joy in your life. How do you know life is not perfect? Anybody lived a perfect life so far? Anybody, anybody lived a perfect day today? No. How many of you know perfection is not a reality that any of us will ever experience? <laughs> it's just not. If you're looking for your life to be perfect, you gotta know that life is gonna be joyless for you because there is no perfection in life. There is no perfection in life. And, and so here's what I've learned to do that has really, has really helped me. Uh, one day I was talking with Pastor Bruce. We were in London and uh, we had taken up an offering as a church. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, you, you maybe set yourself a goal and believing for something to happen. And we'd done pretty well. I think we had got like 85% of what we were believing for. So really we'd done pretty well. It was, it was something to be celebrated. But I remember being so disappointed and so frustrated because we missed out on what we were hoping to get. I remember saying to Bruce, Bruce, I'm so disappointed. I was believing for this, but we got this. I remember what Bruce said to me. I remember him saying these words that have 
really in a way changed my life and, and I live by now. He said, Mark, you got to stop focusing on what we didn't get and stop being grateful for what we did get. Can I say to you, if you're a perfectionist, quit focusing on what you didn't do and stop being grateful for what you did do. If I was to go home and watch every message that I have ever preached in my life, do you know the truth is I would not find one message that I was 100% happy with. Not one. There wouldn't have been one where I said, man, I got every single part of that right. I nailed every single part of it. I would find something wrong in every single message. Why? I'm not perfect. Even my best messages, well, I got that wrong, or I shouldn't have said that, or I, or I got those words the wrong way around, or that point should have gone there, or I made that joke that really wasn't that funny, or I said that comment that was a little bit inappropriate. Uh, you know, the truth is, it's not perfect, but here's what I've learned to do. Tonight, when I go home and I put my head on the pillow, I say, God, have I done the best that I possibly could have done today? Did I do my best? And did you show up and help me? Yes, you did. And yes, I did. Therefore, God, I'm not going to focus on what I was unable to do. I'm just going to say thank you for what I was able to do. And the rest is over to you. Do you know, there is so much more joy in living grateful for what you have done than focusing on what you haven't done. Come on, if you're a perfectionist here today, I wanna, I wanna challenge you. If you wanna live with joy, perfection and joy are mutually exclusive. But joy and gratefulness go hand in hand. Come on, quit focusing on what didn't go wrong. If you're the type of person who likes to leave a service and critique it and, and, and think through all the parts of it and you like to go away and have a good moan about what didn't work, can I just say to you tonight, stop it. Don't do it. Is this service perfect? No, it's not. It's not perfect because I'm here and it's not perfect because you're here. Can I get an amen? Just say thank you, God, for all the good stuff that did happen. Amen. Come on, this church is not perfect, but thank God for all the good stuff that is here. Amen. That was a really weak hand of applause. If you're gonna clap, let's clap, amen. Come on, thank you, God. <laughs> I wonder if the band can come up. Let me give you two more, and I'm gonna close. Things that rob our joy. Number nine, feeling condemned. Feeling condemned will rob you of joy. Romans 8 verse one says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. I wanna tell you tonight, if you're feeling condemned in any way, that will rob you of joy. If I let me speak to you tonight for a moment and just say that condemnation has no place in the life of a believer. You have, may have made some mistakes in your life. I have made plenty and I will make plenty more in the future. Hopefully I'll be making less the older I get, but I will make mistakes. And the enemy loves us to feel condemned. He loves us to feel like we stuffed up and there is no way back for us. But I want you to know tonight that we serve a God who always makes a way. We serve a God who's the God not of second chances or third chances, but He is a God of infinite chances. He's a God that says, yeah, I know you messed up and, I, and I'm sad about that, but there's a way back for you. 
You know, when we mess up, God isn't, He's not angry at us because He's like, oh man, these people are useless. When we stuff up, He looks at us and He's sad because He knows that we only hurt ourselves and He wants our best life for us. And the enemy is cunning. The enemy loves to come in. And one of the ways he, he will steal your joy is he will get you feeling condemned when you've messed up. But I want you to know tonight that God doesn't condemn you. He may convict you from time to time. He, he, may, he may come knocking on your heart and say, hey, hey, Mark, I didn't like the way you talked to that person. Hey, Mark, I didn't like the attitude you approached that meeting with. Hey, Mark, I, I don't like the way that you are viewing life right now. Mark, there's a, there's a filter on your life that's not helping you right now. He, he, he'll convict me, but He'll always give me a way forward. The devil says, hey, there's no way out. The devil says, you stuffed up, there's no way out. You're done, you're finished. You're rubbish. You're on the pile of, of destitute. Go away. You're never going to make it. Even quit coming to church. There's no place for you there. But I want to say to you, God is a God of restoration. And it doesn't matter how bad we stuff up. When we come back to Him with a spirit that says, God, I'm sorry. As the psalmist David said, renew a right spirit within me. You watch, God will embrace you in and put joy back in your heart. I just believe tonight there are people here and you're feeling condemned. And you're feeling condemned and it's robbing you of a life of joy. Come on, I, I mess up all the time, but I refused to feel condemned because I serve a God who loves me. I serve a God who wants to put things right in my life. Here's, here's the final one, number 10. Joy thieves is unrepented sin in your life will steal you of your joy. I got another part to this message and I, I talk about a joy that can be lost, a joy that can be found, and a joy that sustains us. Let, let me tell you how you lose your joy. You lose your joy when you Refuse to put right in your life the areas that the Holy Spirit has shown you are wrong. Listen, it's okay to get things wrong from time to time. It's okay. If you've messed up, it's okay. But here's not what is not okay. It's not okay to not put them right again. It's not okay to look at your life and say it's out of order. It's in disorder right now, but I'm going to leave it like that. It's okay that your life is out of order for a while, but if you refuse to obey what God has asked you to do and bring order to disorder, you watch, there'll be no joy. There'll be no joy. I've walked through seasons of my life where God has been speaking to me about things, but I've refused to do anything with it. And is it any wonder that I wake up and say, where's the joy? Where's the joy? One of the greatest joys in life is responding to God's leading. God says, hey, I want you to sort that out. Okay, God, I'm going to do it. You watch, He restores joy quick. 
And we wrestle and we wrestle and we wrestle. But the best thing to do is not wrestle. The best thing to do is just do what God has asked you to do. Put right what is wrong and there'll be great joy. When King Hezekiah in the Old Testament took over the land that he was in, he was just 25 years of age ruling a nation and he saw a nation that was in disorder. And at the age of 25 years of age, he put his men to work to bring that nation back into order once again. And do you know the Bible says that once they brought it back into order, they had the greatest party on the planet. In fact, it was so joyful. The Bible says that they partied for a whole extra week. Woo! How many of you know it takes some joy to party for a week? Man, I, you know, for me, a good party, three hours, I'm done. I'm done. I'm old. I'm tired. I'm going home. Maybe you're younger and you're like four or five hours. Good for you. These guys partied and partied and partied. And just when you thought they were done, they said, we're so full of joy. We're going to go for another week. Wow. Come on, there's something so good about when you put right in your life what is wrong right now, it will release joy. Come on, I'm speaking to someone tonight. Come on, maybe there's some stuff you've got to put right in your life. It's out of order right now. And God's just saying, come on, if you'll just put it right back into order, if you'll just obey me and you'll deal with some stuff, you watch the release of joy that is about to come into your heart. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Joy thieves. The devil's after your joy. But we know the plans of the enemy. We can be alert to them. We can be aware of them so that he cannot steal our joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me tonight? We're going to finish in just a moment. I wonder if you just wouldn't mind closing your eyes. And you might wanna lift your hands in God's presence tonight just as we pray. To lift hands just says, God, I'm open and I'm surrendered to the things that you wanna do in my life. I wonder tonight if there's, if there's one or more of those areas that you can identify in your life that have been stealing your joy. I believe we come to church not just for a good time, but we come to church to change things in our lives that our Monday to Saturday would be more kingdom orientated. Come on, what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. I want you to have joy this week. I want you to have joy tomorrow morning. I want you to wake up and feel the oil of joy flowing through your life. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.